I told him where I was from a few days ago. It was just a natural conversation. Welcome to Black Irish Podcast. episode of Black Irish Podcast with myself, Brendan McCorkle, and Mike is standing on a corner waiting for a bus. Uh, Mike cannot be with us today. He's having some transportation issues, and that caused him to fall asleep when he got home because it's actually uh, quarter to nine on Wednesday evening, and this drops Thursday morning at 3 a.m., so uh, yeah, uh, he probably is asleep right now, but uh I tried to wait for him, tried to outlast the day, Uh, unfortunately it didn't work out, so here I am, come hell or high water, it's one of those situations, but um, as promised, always coming to you unless something catastrophic, and even then, we'll have something to talk about, so I don't anticipate ever ever missing one, Um, although it will happen, but I'm going to fight the damn good fight until that day comes. Uh, so, anyway, speaking of which, that all ties into, what a trip, what a trip. I went coast to coast this past week, um, six days, I mean, the first day was heavy travel, so I went from Thursday to Tuesday, um, from California to Virginia and Maryland, so, uh, I took off Thursday, early morning, my flight was at like 5.30 a.m. from LAX, and I got through, everything was fine. I had a connecting flight in Austin, and and then flew out to DCA in like Arlington, Virginia. It's pretty close, it's Ronald Reagan Airport, it's pretty close to DC. Um, So, got out there at like 5.30 in the afternoon. 5 o'clock in the afternoon, Mike picked me up from the airport, which was super sweet of him. And we kind of dipped through his old neighborhood, like where he grew up um, from the time he was born until he was like 15, like the PJs of uh, Springfield, Virginia, Arlington, Virginia. And um, so it was kind of cool to see his old digs. It's all gentrified now. There's Starbucks and whatnot. It's like kind of crazy. He's like, it was not like this even but 10 years ago, five years ago is when the Starbucks came in. Like, you know, it's bad when Starbucks is like, "Mm, let's go to the next town. (laughs) So uh, it was pretty cool to go see his old digs a little bit. Um, So that was nice. We came in. He was going to go back out to work, but then decided like, hey, man, we're just chilling. So let's just hang out and see each other, be with each other for a little bit. So we just hung out. Uh, ordered some food, didn't even go out. I, we had to stop at the store because I'm such a stinky fellow. I have to get my own special, whatever it's called, clinical <laughs> old fart deodorant. Um, and it's so expensive. It's like $15. I know. It's crazy. Um, but Dr. Stink over here, that's what I need. Is I need. That's the only thing that actually works. And even then, it's like if it wears off, I'm like, oh my god, who's stuck an onion 
in this hot car for three hours. Oh wait, that's me. Gross. I can't like it was. I can't imagine how bad I smelled because I just sweat constantly. So when I was boozing all the time, it was just seeping out of my skin constantly. Even if I would like stop drinking for a few days, it was just so ingrained in me. It was just like sweaty stink booze all the time. Really gross. But now I just smell like regular stink. So, I mean, who's to say what's better? Um. Yeah. So I go and I didn't want this stupid deodorant to melt in my carry-on bag because I was carrying on both my bags. I bought, I brought a bunch of stuff because we were doing our fancy football draft. I didn't know if we were going to record. It turned out not um, just because timing issues and things of that nature. Um, so I just had two carry-on bags and I was like, I'm not checking either one of these bags. I got valuable things in both of these things. So um, we're carrying on. And I was like, all right, dude, I'm not bringing any they're weird about the size of stuff. Is it three and a half ounces? Is it, what is it for creams and gels? And I was like, I'm not bringing any hair product and I'm not going to bring any deodorant. I'll just buy it when I get there. Like I counted for it in the budget. Like that's 30 bucks. Ugh, I know it's so bad. 15 bucks for deodorant, 15 bucks for wax. But anyway, so we do that and just chill out. And then Friday morning, so my buddy, uh, one of my very dear friends, uh, two of my very dear friends actually that I've known for 20 years plus, um, them and their family just moved out to a very nice part of Maryland recently. So that's about a 45 minute drive, an hour with a little bit of traffic um, from Mike to my friends. Um, Gorgeous, gorgeous house. And so my buddy was working in the area Friday morning, he's like, hey man, uh, instead of being weird about trying to figure out how to get you out to me later, I'm in, I'm like 15 minutes away um, if you want to get your stuff together. And I was like, right on, because Mike still had to work on Friday, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to go hang with you guys anyway and see the girls and do that whole thing. Uh, so he ended up picking me up on Friday morning, which was awesome. We got to like kind of hang out, go for a ride together. We went and stopped and got oysters, which I love oysters. And like, he is a, he's a great cook, my dude. And he knows where all the good spots are for food. Cause he's a foodie. Um, he had the same move as me, like growing up. It was like, just so used to bar food. He just only ate appetizers. Like go out to lunch and just order like the trio tray. And no, just that's my lunch. Uh, lots of chicken wings for lunch and Egg, Southwest egg rolls or things of that nature. That's why my stomach's so messed up. <laughs> or one of the thousand reasons. Um, so we went and got oysters. That was rad. Just to go sit, chill, kind of do the brief catch-up. You know, it's kind of like soft toss in the beginning when you haven't seen people that you love in a while. It's just kind of like, you know, we're going to, let's just, how's it going? Like very general conversation about life. You know, the more we get to hang out, the more we get to have more detailed conversations about things. So that's why I ended up kind of like splitting time, honestly. I, I didn't realize I'd be with my friends, uh, not Mike, for as much time as I did. But it just so happened to work out schedule-wise that like it, it worked out to where I got to split time almost 50-50. And it was fantastic. So uh, Friday about lunchtime, it was like we finished with oysters. And then... Uh, we go meet up with 
my homie's wife, who's my friend as well, uh, for lunch. So we go pick her up, go out to lunch. This rad place had had great, great food. Um, catch up, all three of us, for a little bit. And then we went back to their house, and they had just moved in. And I used to work with and for uh, my buddy for quite a while. And, you know, he's just like, hey, we're working on a house, kind of getting it ready. We got a barbecue on Monday. Like, we're just going to kind of be doing random stuff, but you're more than welcome to just hang out. And I'm like, well, just let me help. Like, I don't care. Let me, let, when you look back on these cabinet knobs, be like, oh yeah, Brendan helped us with those. Like, I'm all about that. And we get to just talk and shoot the shit while we're working. That's always a good bonding time anyway. That's how most of my good relationships were built off of working hard together. Um, even though it was easy work, it's just, you know, while you're doing something laborious or sharing that time with somebody, it, it just seems to work out that way. So we got to do that, catch up a little bit. Girls came home, got to see them. You know, we hang out. Back east, everybody has a basement. So we're hanging out in the basement, playing games, like friends trivia. And then uh, we played some other game. I don't recall what it was, but it was fun. It was like it had weird categories and such. And we did teams of two. And uh, Der Wienerschnitzel, my team was 5-0. and oh. um, I don't lose often. Unless it's something I know I'm not good at. Like, I'm terrible at pool. I wish I was better. Maestro's a pool player. My, uh... You know, one of my best friend's dads was a huge pool player. He used to play at the Moose Lodge when he retired all the time, like in pool tournaments. Just silly, goofy stuff like that. Um, I wish I was better at it. Ping pong, not that good. Darts, I'm okay. Um, but, you know, just bowling, I'm okay. Things that you do when you're drunk, I'm like kind of like okay. I never really mastered any of them, but I'm just kind of okay at it. So, uh, But anything else like trivia... Things like that. Like, come at me, bro. Come at me. And I have fun doing it. I love playing games. Playing games is the best. Um, so anyway, we did that on Friday night. Uh, I don't remember when we turned in. I was just kind of... I don't really sleep anyway. I keep weird hours. Like, not on purpose. It's just the way my body functions. I just... It gets the amount of sleep... It feels it like it. I can't sleep until my body is like so tired that it's like we are shutting down, brother. Sometimes it's at two in the afternoon. Sometimes it's at two in the morning. I'm like, okay. But then, like, as soon as it's like, hey, we can, we have enough energy to do stuff. It's like I'm awake. I'm like, yeah. Why can't we just have enough energy to go back to sleep? That would be nice. So, like the jet lag thing, it was kind of, I don't know. It was weird. I just, it kind of affected me and kind of didn't really. Like, I would wake up at, like, 6 a.m. East Coast time, which was normally 3 a.m. our time. But I also usually wake up at 3 a.m. anyway, just because, I don't know, I can't sleep through the night. And so I was still waking up every couple hours. So I could have gotten up at any point. I just chose to keep going back to sleep when I felt like it or didn't hear anybody downstairs. Like, I always hate sleeping over at somebody's house and being the first one up. It's so awkward. But luckily, now we have technology and stuff. It's not like back in the day, like staying at somebody's house and you're like, I have to go to the bathroom, but I don't want to get up out of the sleeping bag in the living room. Uh. So I hate that crap. 
like when I was staying at Mike's, like after Thursday night, we stayed up quite pretty late. And I was just like, I'd text him in the morning at like 6 a.m. their time. Because I was doing the math wrong. We're like 3 a.m. Uh, East Coast time, because I'm always used to texting him three hours ahead, so I woke up at 3 a.m. and text him, like, hey, man, come downstairs whenever you want. Like, it doesn't matter. Um, not realizing that I'm in the same time zone as him, so I probably woke him up at 3 a.m. He's like, I don't want to hang out with you right now. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I don't want to hang out with you either, but uh, I'm not doing math yet, so, or I am doing math and I shouldn't be. So anyway, Friday night, uh, I got, you know, guest room, the whole, the whole shebang. And then Saturday, what did we do Saturday? Saturday just kind of hung out around the house. Um, we went to lunch with the girls, the whole family. I went to lunch. I'm in Maryland at this point still. Um, so we went to an awesome lunch place. We went, hung out at Dick's a little bit, just went kind of window shopping. Um, that's so much fun to go window shopping with teenage girls. It's, <laughs> uh, that sounds weird, but you got to know them and they have to hang out with you. It was kind of awesome. I was just like, I was on the verge of like, well, he might be okay. He might be kind of cool. It's like, oh, nice. I thought I was going to get cold shouldered the whole time. Like, oh, teenage girls don't like their dad's friends, their parents' friends. That's not a thing. And they're like, Phew will tolerate this one. You know what I mean? I'm like, all right. Well, that's all I need. Just tolerate them. Just let me hang around you for a little bit. Uh, so that was Saturday. And then Saturday, um, friends were nice enough to let me borrow a car. So I borrowed one of their cars and drove out to Mike uh, to watch Notre Dame get just, just be Notre Dame against Ohio State, man. I don't. Like, as a, a diehard Notre Dame fan, I love Marcus Freeman as a coach. I, I'm so pumped for that, dude. And I'm just so glad that somebody um, of his nature is getting a, a shot at, a you know, a tough tough position. Head coach at Notre Dame is nothing to sneeze at. And to give somebody the, you know, the reins there at such a young age. and But he's such a dynamic dude. Um I really hope it works out for, for not just for me as a Notre Dame fan, but for him as a Notre Dame fan. Um, I really hope it works out. But Notre Dame is just Notre Dame. The first half, they did not let Ohio State capitalize on their mistakes, on Notre Dame's mistakes, which is something that I have not seen in the past. So I was pretty pumped uh, going into halftime up three, 10 to seven, a bit of a gritty game with you know mistakes on both sides. Uh, I was like, okay, if we can fix those mistakes in the second half, we'll be good. And then Notre Dame does what they always do, and they change it up. They go conservative. Tommy Reese starts calling a different game, our offensive coordinator, out of nowhere. And it's like, you know, I've seen this too many times, guys. I've seen it too many times. And then we get 72 yards in the second half after we had like 230 in the first. And it's... Because they changed what was working. Don't try and outsmart them. Use it like Novocaine. Like, if it's working, just bash them over the head with it. Bash them over the head with it until they can stop it. 
If they can't stop it, just do it all day. That's what Alabama does. That's what Georgia does. Georgia just started passing with this, you know, teeny tiny man that can is trying to take over the world. Stetson Bennett, good for him. But they just started passing. But they're not reverting to old Georgia and running the ball all the time because the passing's working. So they're like, yeah, sling it, baby. And Notre Dame is doing this thing where, you know, Michael Mayer's a top-rated tight end in the country, and he's getting double-covered over the middle, which you, you damn well better double-cover him. That's leaving these swing routes, these wheel routes, these quick slants for these wide receivers. I mean, they're there all day. And we did that in the first half. Ka-chunk, ka-chunk, ka-chunk. And then the second half, it's completely wide receiver screens that aren't working. Um, Quarterback draws that are being called from the booth. I, I mean, I just, I don't get it. But, so that was a bit of a rough Saturday evening. Um, oh, yeah, and Thursday night, I lost my tail feathers on the Purdue-Penn State game. It was, it was impressive how sloppy Purdue ended up being to lose that game. That's, I'll leave it at that because I, I, I lost a ton on that game. And it was just like, oh, if this is how the season's starting, this is going to be a rough go. And yeah, the first weekend was a rough go, gambling-wise. But there were, I was so close on so many things, and it was just like, it was kind of somewhat unbelievable the way it was unfolding that I wasn't winning. I'm like, all right, it's okay. At least you had the right thing in, in mind. Like, up until the weird stuff happened, we're feeling good about our picks. Um... So that was Saturday evening, and we just chilled out then. Um, I think we were watching some WNBA playoffs at that point. And then Sunday, 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 Sunday was our draft day. Uh, We had our fantasy football, you're all fucked in the head, fantasy football draft. And as usual, I had the best team. Um, It's kind of funny because we use a certain program. Um, that has its own draft board and everything is really bitching, color coats all the positions and has all the bye weeks on there for you. Um, it's really nice. And then, uh, so everybody gets their draft grades on there and it's like some of the worst teams are getting the best grades and we're like, okay, it's just, it's a different ranking system than what we use. So it doesn't really matter. Everybody's talking all this shit. Blah, 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 blah. I got an A, I got a B. It's like, oh, doesn't matter because our league is different and our points are different because we have more positions. Our points are the same as standard. Quarterback gets four points for a passing touchdown. uh, 25 yards is one point. Um, for passing and then receiving and rushing at six points a touchdown, one point for every 10 yards. It's not a PPR league. It's a standard scoring league. But at quarterback, running back, and wide receiver, there's an extra position and there is no flex, but you have to start a tight end. So that being said, a quick rundown of our starting roster because we have 10 players. And I know that a lot of people are it, 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 on 
double quarterbacks. But here's the deal. We are in a competitive league. And at certain points, we also had eight players. But as a commissioner, I got to keep it standard the whole way through. The only thing that changed was we used to do overall points because I was that big of a stickler for best team wins. Um, but we had a lot of players dropping off, a lot of managers dropping off a third of the way through the season because they're like 300 points behind. They're like, I'm never going to catch up. And they stopped changing their lineups. So in order to remedy that, uh, we switched to head-to-head and it made the shit talking a lot better. So that was something as a commissioner, I'm like, hey man, if something's broke, don't just be stubborn, fix it. So I didn't. It's been it's been tremendous ever since. And I also used to have lowest scoring. I used to charge people for the league. And it was whatever the fee was, $1 per transaction. And the lowest scoring team of the week had to throw 10 bucks in the pot. So by the end of the year, I mean, first, second, third, first place was getting, you know, close to five, six, seven hundred bucks, depending on transactions. Because you can have a hundred transactions in a year. Fifty to a hundred. Easy. With this many spots. So anyway, all that to be said, uh our positions are different. So we have oh yeah. And the two quarterback starting thing, if there's ten teams, everybody can have two starting quarterbacks and a backup all starting with two little floaters if you want four quarterbacks on your team. Okay, so just calm down. Yes, it is more intense. Yes, it is harder to manage. Yes, if a quarterback gets hurt, you're kind of screwed for a little bit. But there are so many other positions that if you draft well in the other positions or you have stacked other ways, that you can compensate for it. So it truly is a a very high-level managerial league, but it's manageable. So maybe if you can't handle it, that's your problem. That being said, we start two quarterbacks, three running backs, four wide receivers, one tight end, one kicker, and one defense. We also have six bench spots. So potentially you could have one backup for each position if you like, although most people don't have a backup kicker or defense, sometimes even not a backup tight end. So. That being said, let's compare Mike's dog shit Dax Dingleberry's team to my touchdown my pants reigning champion team who's going to a repeat. So we have to start two quarterbacks, okay? Now I took my two quarterbacks in round two and three at the eighth pick. So I had the snake and then I had to wait. Um, I figured I was going to take the two quarterbacks who I thought were going to score the most points. Now this threw people off because they were like quarterbacks this early, but I knew I was taking two. I knew I was going back to back. So that's why I I made the jump early. And then for the fourth round, I would have the swing to fill in the second position. So for my first round, I took Stephon Diggs, who's my wide receiver. And then I took Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to have a down year this year. Aaron Rodgers is going to have a down year this year. And I don't know if anybody else is going to. Jalen Hurts is not going to have the year he had last year. And he helped me win. Um, so I have Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson as my quarterbacks. Uh, Dax Dickhead Dingleberries is Justin Herbert and, of course, Dak Prescott. Now, Justin Herbert's going to be the man. He's going to win a lot of games. I don't know what his touchdown to interception ratio is going to look like. He may end up in the 17 interception range. Um, 
but he also might have, you know, 38 touchdowns. So I don't know how that's going to work out. Um, Dak is going to be Dak. He'll be, I don't know, top 15 quarterback, but nothing special. Um, so I'm going to crush him in the quarterback department. I should outscore him by 15 points each week, 10 to 15, which is huge in that department. Win above replacement. Um, in the running back department, he has one of the best squads out there because he went fairly running back heavy um, with his first two picks and three out of his first four picks he picked running back. So he's pretty stacked in that department. He has Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, and Javante Williams. Now, Javante Williams is a steal in the fourth round, I think. I think Javante Williams is going to have one hell of a year. Um, the Broncos always have a good running game. Melvin Gordon ain't shit anymore. And Russell Wilson is... He's going to make Denver interesting. I think it's going to take a year for them to get everything together, but they're going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. Um, Saquon, I do not know. I don't know. He is ready to have another breakout year, but I don't trust him. So I don't like that pick, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, he has Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, and Javante Williams. Pretty stacked. I, for my running backs, I have James Conner, Elijah Mitchell, and Miles Sanders. Now, I'm not thrilled with my running back core, but I'm also not too upset. Um, I think I have some solid earners there. I think I got some guys that are uh, 80 yards and a touchdown every other week. Um, so, you know, in the 10, you know, they also catch. Uh, that was the one thing about all these three backs is they catch out of the backfield. Um, and all of them have running quarterbacks, athletic, if you will, quarterbacks. So a lot of dump passes. Um, so, that, you know, they'll be good for 10 to 15. And then sometimes jumping over that 20 mark, those would be nice, but won't be expected. Um, just steady Eddies. You know what I mean? It was like Eddie George. It's like, how is this Heisman guy only getting like 14 points a week? But it was 14 points every week. Um... When he was on the Titans, not the Cowboys. He sucked on the Cowboys. Wide receivers, we have to start four. Now, here's where I like mine way more than his. Um, although his are good. Uh, he has Mike Williams from the Chargers. I think he's going to have a better year than Keenan Allen. I don't think Keenan Allen's going to make it through the whole year. Uh, his wide receiver, too, is Gabe Davis, who is going to be the red zone machine in Buffalo from the wide receiver position. Brandon Ayuk, same thing for San Francisco, and Drake London, uh, this rookie that he's big on. I, if I don't know who he is, then you can have him. I don't care. Uh, my wide receiving core is Stephon Diggs, so I got that Josh Allen-Stephon Diggs connection. Cortland Sutton, because I think Russ is going to finally be able to offer Cortland Sutton the uh, type of quarterback accuracy that he needs to break out, and I think he's ready to break out as a star, so I'm happy with that pick. Some people think I reach for that one. I'm happy that's my wide receiver, too. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown, I don't really know, but he's my third wide receiver, so, you know, Jared Goff's got to throw it to somebody. You know what I'm saying? 
Um, and then for my fourth wide receiver four, I have Rashad Bateman, who is the number one receiver in Baltimore. So although I don't, you know, Mark Andrews is technically the number one receiver. He's a tight end. Uh, the number one receiver, wide receiver, WR1 on the depth chart is Rashad Bateman. So um, that that's mine. I fucked up and took a backup, two backup running backs in a row, or I took Miles Sanders and then a backup running back, back-to-back, and it was only because I wanted to steal the backup running back, but I forgot that I needed to take my tight end, so Mike ended up swooping up Dawson Knox, uh, the tight end for the Buffalo Bills, which I was just like, how... I think I was really, really, I know I was really, really stoned at that point, but I was still like, come on, man. I th- I thought I was still on my game, but whatever. Uh, so he took Dawson Knox, who just signed an extension. Uh, so good for him. We'll see what that does. Buffalo's going to have so many weapons. They got rid of Cole Beasley, so that's good for them. Um, Isaiah McKenzie. So that's a sleeper, dude. That is a sleeper. Check him out. Uh, my ten, tight end is Hunter Henry. I He never really did what he was supposed to with the Chargers. He got hurt a lot. So I think Mac Jones is going to be, that's going to be his red zone target. Um, so that was kind of my bank on that. I had to compensate for, I kind of reached for that one and it was a bit of a reactionary pick from the Dawson Knox thing, but I was like, okay, well, don't mess this up. Fill your lineup now. Um, kickers, he got Tyler Bass. I got Matt Prater. I don't think that matters. Uh, defense, he took Green Bay. He swears that Green Bay's defense is going to be awesome fantasy-wise. And I don't see it, but good for him. I took Dallas's defense just because. Um, they got, they're going to give up a lot of points, but they're also they're going to be turnover machines. So, and lots of sacks. So they're going to get points, although the giving up points category, they're going to be zero all the time or negative. They just got to make it up with a couple pick sixes here and there. So that was my strategy for that one. Bench players, um, Mike took Damian Pierce, the running back for Houston, the rookie. Everybody's in love with this kid. I He's on my other fancy teams. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens with him. I'm not sure. He took Michael Gallup. I think that's a horrible pick. That's a homer pick. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, the running back for New England. I think that was a good bench pick. Uh, it's a solid plug-in. Garrett Wilson, no idea who he is. That's He's a Jets receiver, but nobody cares. Uh, Joshua Palmer, nobody cares. K.J. Osborne, nobody cares. So Mike just wasted some picks because he likes throwing darts at the wall just in case one is, like, mediocre. He's like, see, I told you, sleeper, sleeper. It's like, good, you just wasted three bench spots for that. Nobody cares. That's why you lose. That's why you lose. And then my bench is Brees Hall, the running back for uh, the Jets. Um, Again, rookie that's just kind of taken over there. So we'll see. I... The Jets running backs always have the best potential, and then they just squander them. So he's on my bench. Tony Pollard I took his back up to Zeke because I don't know if Zeke's making it through the year, but I know that they're going to have a 100-yard rusher every game. So that was that was the one I picked instead of Dawson Knox. I could have had him in the next round, I'm sure. Maybe not because of Mike, but anyway. Uh, Christian Kirk, I'm happy with that bench pick, wide receiver. I took Deshaun Watson for the playoff push. Just in case Lamar starts sucking and they get in those tight games in that AFC East, 
North or whatever the hell they're in when they start playing those down and dirty games in the winter. Um, I think Deshaun will still perform when sometimes the hardball system is to run the ball. When Deshaun's in the game, he does whatever he wants. So uh, I took him for the playoff push. Uh, Curtis Samuel. I took a reach on him. A wide receiver, too, for the Washington butt plugs. Um, and then Jarvis Landry. I took a chance on him for New Orleans just because they got a lot of weapons, but he got hurt last year, and I thought it was going to be a breakout year. So we'll see. Um, Mike and I play each other week four and week 11, I think. So we get two chances to beat up on each other. And um, Mike's not allowed to change his name back until he beats me. So we have that to look forward to. We only need four weeks a month for him to not change his name. Well, thanks for going on that drafter math 2.0 ride. Um, I have the best team. I have the best team, and I'm the best with uh, strategery. So these suckers don't have a chance. Um, what else is going on? College football rankings, everybody's bounced around. I love that um, Oregon was ranked 11, and Georgia beat the brakes off them so bad they didn't even score a touchdown. They got bounced out of the top 25. Usually if you're like in the top 15, and you lose to a top five team, you, you know, you stay in because it's like, yeah, it's a top five team. They got beat so bad. They're like, nah, you guys don't belong here. <laughs> Good. Oregon can suck it. Um, so, yeah, we have Ohio State moved back because it wasn't that impressive over Notre Dame. Um, Georgia moved up to two. I mean, Alabama and Georgia are clearly the two best teams. Clemson dropped because they weren't that impressive over Georgia Tech, even though they won by 31. It still wasn't impressive. Like the first half, they went in by up like 10 or 11 or something like that. Like, it wasn't looking that good. Um, I don't know that there was any other. USC, I think, is ranked 10. I don't know why everybody is sleeping on USC. Like, I think everybody jumped on USC's bandwagon this week and they moved up six spots or whatever. But it's like, they shouldn't have been at 16 in the first place. So it's not like everybody's jumping on the bandwagon. They just needed confirmation that USC could do what they need to do. And uh, ding, ding, ding. Yes, I can. USC is scary. I would not be surprised if they were in the college football playoff and were a problem for somebody like Georgia. Maybe not Georgia. Um, I could see them being a problem for Bama. But I think Georgia's just too good. Georgia's too good. I know Alabama roasted whoever they were playing, but Georgia... When you do that to a top 11 team, <laughs> they torched them. Torched them. It just was easy. Stetson Bennett was doing 360s in the pocket, and they couldn't stop it. It was crazy. Um, but anyway, there, are, there aren't too many. Week 2, I know it's technically week 3 of college football, but the real games is kind of like their second week. Um, week 2 is always easy because there's some rivalry games week one or like so soft that it's like week two is everybody gets like even keel nice and easy and then week three is when fireworks start again so um yeah more on college football next week 
moving back to the NFL briefly. So I'm just going to go through week one schedule right here and see if there's any teams, any people on teams that I think are going to be breakouts or are overrated. I'm interested to see what happens with Zach Wilson on the Jets. Um, he was maybe coming back week one. Now he's not coming back till at least week five. There's just that's why you can't trust anything with the Jets. They're a mess, man. They're a mess. So the Jets are always overrated, even if they're only projected to get four wins. Overrated always. Freaking the goddamn Jets. Um, Saints and Falcons. Falcons are gonna suck. Uh, they might be surprised, like surprise people with who they beat, but they're still gonna end up six and eleven. But they'll, you know, they'll, like week one, they play the Saints. Saints are stacked. They might just come out and beat them. And it's like, what happened with week one? Um, Jameis Winston. It's his make or break year in New Orleans. Table is set, kid. You can do it or you can't. This year is it. Okay, are you going to be Teddy Bridgewater? Or are you going to be Russell Wilson? What are we doing here? You're not Russ, but... What are we striving for? What's your ceiling? Uh, Patriots and Dolphins. Everybody is down on the Patriots. I don't know why. I think that they're going to win the division. Although a lot of people have um, Miami doing something for some reason. I don't know. I think uh, I think the Patriots are going to be 12-5. and five Or thir- worse, 13-4. and four, And people are going to be like, the damn Patriots again. It's like, yeah, the damn Patriots again. Um, I want to see what Mac Jones does. I'm really rooting for this kid. Michael McCorkle Jones, how do you not root for that guy? Um, Dolphins are going to be a hot mess. They're going to be a hot mess, dude. Waddle's going to outshine Tyreek Hill by like week six, and there's going to be issues, but they're going to have weird good fantasy days. But their team is going to be garbage. So that would be fun and weird to watch. Don't bet on them. Just don't. Uh, Browns and Panthers. It's, I'm going to be interested to see how Baker does. I want to see how Christian McCaffrey does. Uh, that's going to be an interesting team to watch. And then Cleveland is Cleveland. Their defense is solid. So if they can win some close games, it's not going to be fun to watch, though. Uh, Steelers and Bengals. Steelers, Mitch Trubisky was named a captain before he was named QB1. Ugh, the Steelers. No thanks, dude. No thanks. Um, Bengals. I mean, Jamar Chase show and Joe Burrow show. We want to see it all, all day long. Joe Mixon is going to be forgot about. That's going to be an issue for him because he already had issues last year with not getting the ball, and he got it, like, third most out of in the league. I don't know. So it's going to be interesting, but... Uh, Jamar Chase is something different. He is something different. He's fun to watch. Um, Niners and Bears. Bears suck. Niners are awesome. Uh, quarterback is the biggest question mark in the league, uh, let alone on the team. So we'll see. We will see. We'll see what Debo can do. I think he's going to get his... Touch his scale back, but Mike doesn't think so. Um, Eagles and Lions. Jalen Hurts isn't going to be that great. Derek Goff sucks. Colts and Texans. I think the Colts are going to be 
possibly in the AFC championship game this year. They got some weird good chemistry going on over there. I don't know what Jim Irsay is snorting and giving to these people, but it's working. Um, Matty Ice, comeback player of the year. Uh, Jaguars, Commanders, that's just a battle of the shitbirds. Nobody cares. Just ram your helmets into each other until you guys all have concussions. Nobody cares about you. Uh, Chiefs and Cardinals. This is going to be an interesting thing. Kyler Murray, he is going to be a problem. Um, eventually. Because he is the type of guy that blames his partners and constituents and teammates when things don't go well because he's doing everything he can and if he thinks he's operating on an elite level which you have to be if you're going to be confident as a QB1 in this league um, this league like I play in the NFL um, yeah it's going to be hard to take criticism so especially when you got vets being suspended on the team for, so it, it's, it's going to be interesting and the Chiefs, I think Patty Mahomes has a down year. I think the Chiefs are still great, but their defense sucks, and their offense is not going to be as good as it was uh, in years prior for all kinds of reasons. Um, I think the Chiefs get humbled this year. I think the Chiefs are an 11-16, and 16, um, which is still very good. Raiders, Chargers, I think Devontae Adams makes a case for MVP, and so does Derek Carr. I think it's going to be wild in the AFC West this year. Um, because also the Chargers, they, they have had everything that they've needed a few different times in recent memory. So we'll just see if they can follow through finally. You know, it's, it's not on us to keep watching you anymore, Chargers. It's up to you to prove it to us. So it's on you, baby. Then we have the Packers and Vikings. I think that's going to be a more interesting game than people think. I think the Vikings win that game. Uh, Green Bay is going to have it down here, although their division sucks. So they're going to have easy wins. Giants, Titans, who cares? Derrick Henry, uh, people are going to tune in to see how he does. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he does. Buccaneers, Cowboys, I mean, that will be a hell of a game to watch. Tom Brady is just becoming weirder and weirder. I wouldn't be surprised if he revealed he was a Scientologist soon. Just because all of his decisions are just like, what is happening? What is happening to you? Like, nobody's tracking Tom Brady, but Tom Brady is like Kanye West-esque. He's throwing the Lombardi trophy? Like, not care... He's like, this... I don't even care about this thing anymore. And, like, just... Retiring, unretiring, when you want to be known as the greatest of all time. Just leaving training camp, coming back, and just, I, I don't know, man. He's got some alien brave movements going on. Nobody's really paying attention to it. I don't know. He's a weird guy. He's a weird guy. Um, and then Broncos, Seahawks. Broncos are going to smash the Seahawks. It's going to be one of those, like, 35 to... 13 games it's not going to be fun to watch so that's uh that's week one of the nfl it's very football heavy episode but it's <laughs> i mean it's the start of football season so this is what it is baby this is what we do um other than that i did get to watch 
a bunch of stuff because I was traveling and, uh, you know, going to sleep somebody else's house, watching TV, going to sleep, all that good jazz. I watched... So I watched The Notebook, which I caught shit for. Um, I don't know. That's... It's a good one. It's... I mean, the end... Last like 15 minutes drags out, and it's like, okay, I didn't need all that crap, kind of ruined it. But, um, yeah, the first 85% of the movie, I enjoy, man. That's, I'm just a sucker, you know. That's just how I am. So, I ended up watching that because I haven't watched that in, I don't know, maybe since like a year after it came out. When it was like on HBO and stuff. So I watched that in chunks. I noticed also that the Austin Powers collection was on Netflix. Now, I was a huge fan of the first one, like many people were, because it came out in the, like, 99. So I was 15. That's the perfect age for Austin Powers to come out. And I was a Mike Myers fan. I mean, Wayne's World, SNL, like, get out of town. This thing is fantastic. Um, the Spy Who Shagged Me? Yeah, because the first one was Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. Very good, very funny, very original. Because um, I didn't even remember seeing it as a skit on, like, SNL or anything. Like, Wayne's World was a skit on SNL, and then that's... A lot of people don't realize that um, skits on SNL, used to, they used to parlay that into movies. Night the Roxbury... Um, Corky Romano was not a good one. Um, you know, but they used to spin spin skits into movies. And I never saw Austin Powers as a skit, so I was like, oh, dang. That was kind of left field. It was very good. Spy Who Shagged Me was the one with Fat Bastard, which was one of the better sequels ever to be made because you're like, how do you follow that up? It was so good. The Spy Who Shagged Me was so good. And then things started to fade away. I think... Goldmember was the next one, which some people say is the best one. Um, I don't know if it's because the first time I saw half of it, <laughs> like if that had anything to do with it. Uh, but I've never really sat down and watched it all the way through. But the first time I saw Goldmember, it was like early release. But the reason why I saw it early release is because I was going through my physical to get into the United States Air Force. My older sister um, at the time was enrolled in the Air Force and enrolled, enlisted. And she's a graduate of University of South Carolina, go Gamecocks. And she was a captain in the Air Force. She worked at the Pentagon. She's a bad motherfucker. Um, but her most crowning achievement was she was, uh, when she was on tour, she was like, an officer, so she was kind of like, and had the easier job. She was like an ambassador to whomever was showing up. Usually it was like, you know, other countries' leaders or representatives or whatever, but her claim to fame is that one time it was Chuck Norris. So she hung out with Chuck Norris for the day. And, uh, anywho, so what the hell was I talking about? Oh, yeah, the Air Force thing. So, uh, I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. I'd been doing construction, glazing, really, uh, working with glass. And my pops, 
like the summers and weekends since I was like 12, 13 because I was in trouble. I was like, well, you got to be with me. You got to work for free. And they're like, man, this kid's work his butt off. I'm going to give him money. And then I just always worked there until I didn't. Um, so I was like, what the hell am I going to do? And I was like, eh, I kind of get in trouble a lot, even though I was like, I never really get in trouble. I always kind of seem to be in trouble. I don't know. It's <laughs> a weird place I was in. Um, and so I was like, fuck it. Let's go to the Air Force. Like, that's where the smart people go in the military, right? It's like, okay. So I go to do the whole thing. Like, they check your feet. They did, like, the whole, whole, whole thing. Um, psych tests. All of it. And, you know, put down... They're like, hey, you have to put down where you want to be stationed. And my sister was like, always put down where you really want to go as your second. Because... If you put it, they never want to give you what you want. But they also want to give you a little something so that you feel like you, you know, you are just completely kicked in the dick. So this, or like, put down what you wrote. So I'm putting San Diego, Camp Pendleton is number two. Uh, Edwards Air Force Base is one, uh, three, I think, because that's right by Palmdale where I grew up. And then one, I put like, you know. I think I put some asshole-ish like Death Valley, which I'm like, they probably would have given that to me. <laughs> I would have deserved it too. Um, but yeah, so I was talking to the recruiter because I went to the recruiting office myself. I'm like, hey man, I need you to hook me up with some paperwork. And they're like, easy peasy, this is great. So I went back and I was like, hey man, um, I did all the stuff to get cleared and everything, but uh, my sister's in the Air Force and she had told me that if I take some classes, uh, at community college or whatever, like I can go in as an officer and it's, it would only take me like a year, year and a half. So is there any way that, you know, I can do this and we can work on my, because they were giving me like a deploy date, like the whole, I was just waiting on this information. Um, but I'm like, hey man, that's not for nothing. I want to do it this way instead. And I'm sure it works on commission and percentages and all this kind of crap. But this dude was not cool about it. He's like, no, you signed up. That's it. If you, if you back out, you are not allowed to ever be in any military service for the United States. You cannot back out of this contract. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, I, I, like, I know some of this is true, but never. Like, I can't go back ever. Like, I just want to go to school, man. Like, I, I, if I go to school for a year and a half, that'll skip four years of grinding the ladder for no good reason. Like, I could just go in. That's what I want to do. And, or can I go to school through that? Like, how can we work this out? And he's like, nah, 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 nah. I'm like, you know what? Fuck you then. I found out later that I could re-enlist. Um, but there was, you know, some red tape I had to go through or whatever uh, if you do back out. But I was like, you know what? Fuck these guys. Like, just because of that one recruiter. I was just like, dude, I just want to do it the way I want to do it because I, I got new information. And he's like, no, 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 no. I'm like, all right, man. Well, do you really care about this or do you just really care about you? So. I know it wasn't the best thing to do, but at the same time, I'm happy I didn't make that commitment because I wasn't wholehearted about it. Uh, and I don't like doing things half-ass. I'm an all-or-nothing guy, even if I fail miserably. I'm like, you know, we tried. <laughs> uh, but also, I was watching... So anyway, that was the gold member story. Uh, I watched Above the Rim, which is... Radtastical, and then 
I saw Scarface is on Netflix. They just dumped a whole bunch of old movies on there. Uh, Scarface being one of them. And I don't remember the last time I saw Scarface. It's been 10 years plus, I'm sure, if not longer. Well, 10 years plus. But it, it could have even been 15 years plus. Um, it's good. It's a good movie. It's not a top five gangster movie for me. It just isn't. Um, it's it's not even really an honorable mention, to be quite honest. And it, so here's the thing. Here's my top five gangster movies of all time. But I have a lot of honorable mentions. So I'll try maybe like five honorable mentions I'll try and keep it to. Um, so my top five gangster movies of all time is Goodfellas number one. It's just hands down like the most crisp, action-packed, always moving forward, never a dull moment. Even even though it does slow down and speed up, it, it gives you those dead spaces to be tense, but it moves on quickly. It doesn't make you sit in it for longer than you need to just for the point of doing it. Um, but that being said, I also did rewatch Donnie Brasco because that's on Netflix to see. Because I thought it was in my top five, and it's not because I rewatched it. So Goodfellas is one. American Gangster is number two. It's, it's again super well done. Like it needed all three of those hours or two forty five, whatever it is. It's amazing. Uh, Reservoir Dogs is number three, and this is like this is the past. You know, this and Pulp Fiction are the past for Quentin Tarantino movies. Because he just crowbars in nastiness just because he... I don't know why. It feels like a power move. Um, so it kind of bumps me out. But, you know, it's like listening to Michael Jackson or R. Kelly. It's like, damn it. You know? <laughs> Some things are just that good. Um, so Reservoir Dogs is number three. Uh, Snatch is number four. Snatch is wildly underrated or just not popular. I don't know why. Uh, Brad Pitt's in it for crying out loud. I think Brad Pitt came out in like the late 90s, 99, maybe early 2000s. Um, Jason Statham's like it's it's a Guy Ritchie movie. It's a follow-up to Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, which I love. Um, it is so incredibly well done. And it's tough to understand the first time through because of, there's a ton of different accents in it. Um, but once you get the hang of it, it is a movie you want to rewatch. And then you get the hang of the language. And then it's fun to repeat back and be silly with. It's a fantastic movie, Snatch. Um, it's on Netflix right now. And then Boys in the Hood. Boys in the Hood's a classic. Menace's Society's great, uh, but that's follow-up. So Boys in the Hood is its just an all-time classic. Um, honorable mentions. And, man, this was a tough list because this is one of my favorite categories of movies. Um, the Departed. I had it in there, and then I had to move it out because I just had to. The Departed is my first honorable mention casino 
second honorable mention training day i took training day was also on there i took that off um you know doubling down on denzel kind of same thing with casino um donnie brasco is in there um and then maybe scarface i mean scarface is pretty pretty gosh darn good you know so maybe if I if I do get to round out five honorable mentions, it Scarface would be in there. Cause it is freaking good, man. It's good. You know what's not in there? The Godfather. Any of them? Because no. It's my list, and The Godfather is okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know what's better than okay? The Spotify playlist of the week. This week it's going to be 21 Savage and Iron Maiden. Coming at you heavy. Um, well, that's our show for the week. Hopefully Mike will be back next week on his wheels. Um, do us a favor. Follow us. Subscribe. Wherever you found this. Heard us. Whatever. Share it. Do something. Uh, all the clicks help. And especially if you share or hit subscribe um, makes us feel good in our hearts so please do that you can follow us on instagram i'm at brendala7 mike is at black irish 213 and we are at black irish pod uh, be good to each other this week do what you got to do and until next time have a good one peace